What up, fuckers? Welcome to another episode of One Up Pod, your favourite gaming podcast. Or at the very least, your second favourite gaming podcast. It's a whole new year for the One Up Pod, but rather than looking ahead, we're going to look to the past this month. It's time to get good and nostalgic with a look back at Sony's groundbreaking debut in the console market, taking us all the way back to the mid-90s for a look at the very first Sony PlayStation. I am Andy, your host for this month, and I am joined by Becky. Hello. Chip. Hello. And Bash. Hey, up. So, but before we get stuck into the big nostalgia fest that's going to happen, uh, let's take a look back at what we've all been playing over the Christmas and New Year period. So let's go in the order I spoke. Uh, Becky. So if you've been following me on Twitter and or if you're friends with me on Steam, as these guys are, I've been playing Civilization VI a lot. <laughs> I have now won twice. I have taken over the world culturally, and I have taken over the world via domination by literally obliterating all of my competition and taking over their cities. And now I need to win it scientifically and can't remember what the other one is. Emotionally? Romantically. Religiously. <laughs> Romantically? <laughs> Romantic, romantic domination. I'll just woo all the world leaders. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's so much fun. I really love it. I'm as you know if you've listened to this podcast for a while I'm big into strategy and like management games so yeah this is I've put in like 70 hours or something ludicrous it's great nice uh Chip what about you I have been playing The Witcher 3 which is uh, a replay for me of a game that I love very very much and I am playing the next gen upgrade which I originally got on PC because that's where I owned The Witcher uh, and my piece is like, I cannot run this. What do you expect of me? <laughs> so that didn't work. So I went and bought it on PlayStation 5. And then I realized that I'd bought the wrong version. So just as that started to install, I had to stop the download, request a refund, and then buy the Game of the Year edition, which I eventually did install. So I, I managed to play it about four in the morning of when it first released for about 10 minutes. And then I was like, I'm really tired. I'm going to bed. But that's what I've been playing ever since. And it's very, very pretty. And I still love it. And Gwent. <laughs> yes, Gwent. I do remember your panic when you realised you'd bought the wrong copy. Because I said, oh, no, yeah. the, the proper one's on sale. It's so hard to find in the store, though. Yeah, it's not intuitive at all. It's not. It's not. And I did get my refund for the, the, the wrong version, so that was good. Uh, Bash, what about you? I have been playing Final Fantasy. Not 14, although, I mean, I have obviously been playing 14. Come on. Well, um, no. Yeah, we're all following on Steam, we know. <laughs> <laughs> it's my comfort blanket. I gotta say, you're welcome. Like, you know what mostly is right with the world if I'm continuing to still play yeah. Final Fantasy XIV. Or actually, no, the better way is if I'm not playing it, that's a worry. No, I've been playing Final Fantasy the first one, the very, very first one. I got Ooh. the Pixel Remaster collection in the Steam sale, and I have decided that 14 aside, I'm now going to attempt to play them in order because, you know, then you can sort of see the evolution of uh, one of my favourite games. It includes so much stuff from Final Fantasy history that already things are starting to mean more. So I'm very much having a good time. What I will say, though, is it's obtuse as fuck. <laughs> like, fuck my life. 35-year-old games are hard and repetitive <laughs> and, like, 
I'm absolutely using a guide because I don't know that I'd be able to play it without one on my own. Yeah. I'd lose interest so quickly. But yeah, it's been really sweet. And I think I'm able to put a bit more time into it because, you know, Final Fantasy gives me happy brain hormones anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> And then the other thing that I have been playing and that I'm trying to drag these three into playing as well is Carcassonne, the board game, but the computer version of it, which I have been told is actually, well, not necessarily better than the board game in the sense of there's nothing quite like the tactical feel of playing a, a tabletop board game. But because it's a bit easier, <laughs> it does all the scoring for you and stuff like that. Like apparently you can spend like 45 minutes doing the scoring at the end of the board game. Oh my God. Christ. But like it's super chill and it's really fun. And I, I will, I will get you all. We will yes, play this will. game. Yeah. You bought it for me for my birthday very nicely. Yeah. I did. I and did. you just bought it for me. me for Chip's birthday. Yeah, for Chip's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> for Chip's birthday, I bought the FSG, the Fruit Salad Gang, as we are known. We're not pod gang to probably the rest of you. Carcassonne, the official board game on Steam, yes. I'm looking forward to seeing how we can ruin the chill vibes. Yeah. The sort of soothing... <laughs> very easily, you know, Soothing yeah. town yeah. builder that is yeah. Carcassonne, so... Flashbacks to Stardew. Can't wait for the chaos. <laughs> yeah, you made Stardew Valley toxic. I think anything's possible. <laughs> it's just a wasteland now where the farm used to be. <laughs> just one little chicken wandering around like, oh. Where's my mother and father? So, what have I been playing? Yes. Well, I've been playing a lot of Last of Us stuff for reasons. <clears throat> I've also been playing uh, Becky's Game of the Year choice, Pentiment, which I yes. fucking love so far. Yes! Yeah, really good game. I'm... Um, we will talk about it in length at some point. We will. I'm also getting into Dwarf Fortress, which is just very complex and very compelling, but I feel like I can't talk about that properly until I actually understand it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, the same. Everyone's, everyone's just alive so far, so I feel like I'm doing something right, but I don't know what that is yet. But I, I also played uh, Gotham Knights. This was a rental, not a buy. I didn't waste my money on it, thankfully. Well, not a lot of my money, because I... I bloody hated Gotham Knights. Oh. <laughs> so like, we're all on record as being big fans of most of the Batman Arkham games. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it like one of our earliest episodes was on Batman Arkham Asylum, but it just really bums me out to realise like Gotham Knights just completely fucking whiffs it. Like in comparison, it's like utterly devoid of personality. It's got really shitty writing and stilted performances. So it just makes all these the endless cinematics you get at the start of the game just really wearying. So like it's got a really compelling story hook, but none of it works because like the storytelling through the game is just so boring. And then there's the gameplay, which is like one of the one things Arkham Knight, look not Arkham Knight, the, the Arkham Games has already established. So you just basically just copy that and you're fine. But somehow they've managed to just overthink it and try and change things for the sake of change. They've got rid of like the free flow combat system and they made it a bit more. It feels a lot like they've taken like the least appealing parts of Arkham Knight with some of the worst parts of Marvel's Avengers. No. Oh no. It's like it feels like a live service game that somebody like realized shit, this is gonna bomb completely if we release this as a live service game, just like Marvel's Avengers. So they decided just to take away all the online stuff, apart from like online co op, and try and like get rid of all the monetization but leave this really annoying, like, gear system in place that doesn't work, really. Oh. And you're just left with this game that's, like, it's just a, a chore to play as a single player. 
So I never even got to the point where I was like, I know, I want to play this with somebody else. I was like, no, I don't want to put somebody else through this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's really just bums me out the entire time because I, I love, I love the Arkham games. It's not as reprehensible as Marvel's Avengers because it's not monetized, but it's definitely the worst Batman game I've played since uh, Batman Dark Tomorrow in 2003. So like Ooh. 20 Oof. years ago that came out. That happens to be the worst Batman game ever made. So that one nice thing I can say about Gotham Knights is it's better than one of the worst games I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. It's, yeah, it was an absolute fucking downer, that whole thing. Ew. Well, moving on from a really bad game to talking about some good stuff. The Sony PlayStation 1. Yay. Yay. So we've all got like some level of attachment to this PlayStation. It's one of the things we all share together. We've got a, It's one of the defining consoles of our youth, even though we're all varying different ages, me being the oldest fuck one. <laughs> so it felt like a good thing to discuss like what the one console we call have something to talk about because i know chip isn't a big nintendo guy that cuts out like a whole bunch of games really so sorry also me i didn't have i had a game boy but that was it very limited games or sega actually i never went near sega so so there you go another another garbage game it's a good thing i didn't choose, choose the mega drive well, I'd have pointed out that I'd never played a Sega Mega Drive. To yeah, you. I hope it would have wouldn't have got to this point. Where yeah. Well, I don't I have nothing to say today. Surprise! Oh, I am absent. <laughs> <laughs> so the the Sony PlayStation was released in Japan on the third of December nineteen ninety four, and it made its way west in September of nineteen ninety five. It, it launched in the West with like a frankly insane price point of two hundred ninety nine pounds ninety nine pence. Uh, the announcement of this. Uh, famously destroyed Sega's Saturn launch at E3 1995. It like basically started the beginning of the end for Sega. That just that one price point. If people just think, thought, you know, this game, this thing's cheap, relatively to everything else. Let's give it a chance, even though it's not a non-brand like Sega. So I actually looked up what 299 pounds 99 pence would cost in 2023 with uh, inflation, and it would set you back. Seven hundred and thirty-seven pounds and eighty-six pence. Holy Fuck. moly! Yeah, it's not as bad as a Neo Geo uh, because at least <laughs> the games were affordable. So it wouldn't bankrupt you back getting a library of games. Basically, I'm still waiting for the PlayStation Action Chair. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> that'd be upsetting. I think the launch slate in the UK and Europe was the following games: 3D Lemmings, Air Combat, Battle Arena to Shinden, Jumping Flash. I don't know how to pronounce this one, so I'm just going to call it Kill Leak. The Blood. It's probably not how you pronounce it. Nova Storm, Rapid Reload, Ridge Racer, and <laughs> Wipeout. So I think, best personally for me, the best game of that lineup was uh, Wipeout. And the weirdest is fucking 3D Lemmings. <laughs> I'd forgotten that game existed until I saw the list and thought, oh shit. Me too, until you just mentioned it. Yeah, it was the mid-90s and like UK gaming culture was basically just all about lemmings that was like our big export i guess <laughs> so like, let's do, do a 3d version of that absolutely insane so for um going forward for the sake of simplicity we'll just refer to this as the ps1 or playstation one even though at branding wise it was just called the sony playstation if we just say playstation people are just going to get fucking confused because people call the playstation 5 a playstation it's, you know especially older people like me <laughs> So that's going to bring us to the first uh, discussion point. I want to know, when did we all get our PlayStation 1? So let's go to Chip first. I don't remember. 
You don't remember. <laughs> this is good. Just I, make something I, up. <laughs> I, I I tried, right? I was so set when I started writing my notes. I was like, oh, yeah, I've got a picture with me getting my first PlayStation. It was this Christmas, you know, this time. And then I found the picture and I realized that was the PS2. <laughs> so then I was like, when the fuck did I get my PS1? And I can't remember. I think it was around 1997. Uh, I, I think it was for Christmas. Uh, that's me done. You kind of Mandela affected yourself there with the PS2 thing, didn't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I have such vivid memories of that. And it makes me a bit worried, to be honest, that my brain cells have died and forgot this uh, particular memory. Because I, it, it just, it feels like something, because it was such a significant console and a, such a big thing for me to get something like that, that I feel like I should have it embedded somewhere. But nope, nope, file not found. Oh, well, that was it. This question is already paying for itself. <laughs> if it helps Chip open the same boat. Oh, thank God. I will skip oh. Becky as well. Make that probably, three. And probably bash. <laughs> because you're all young. You had small, soft brains. That's, that's Basically, yeah. I still do. Yeah. <laughs> so we've, we've narrowed it down. I was messaging my family because I was like, when the hell did we get it? And we knew it wasn't 97 because we weren't in the house... Yeah, we moved to the house that we got the PlayStation in in 97. So we were like, it definitely wasn't by then. And we've narrowed it down. It's either 98, 99 or 2000. And I'm pretty sure it was 98 because we got it for Easter. And it was a kind of a first come, first served thing. So I remember racing my brother downstairs to get to the PlayStation. (laughs) Oh, God, what did he get then? (laughs) So whoever was on first got first dibs, basically. I think it was 98, but it could... Josh said 99 and Dad said 2000, so who knows? <laughs> Somewhere around there. We'll go with 98. Yeah, let's say 98. Why not? Gives you a bit more time with the PlayStation in yeah. your vague memories. Absolutely. And I did some maths with mine on the basis of my when my mum got married to my dad. It would have been the year before, I think, because it would have been when he moved in with us. Um, which would have been 99. Uh, so before that, I was a Nintendo person. I think I've been quite open about that. On the pod in the past, I had a Game Boy and a Super Nintendo from being quite young. <laughs> Game Boy being my first and Super Nintendo being my first like plug into the TV console. But I think, that I believe, the PlayStation 1 was actually my dad's. It would have been 1999. Which didn't feel like... I felt like I'd had it from being younger... But then it could just be that I used to go to my cousins and stuff a lot and they had one. So I think my memory is skewed that way a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I have a similar yeah. thing because my granddad had a PlayStation before we did. I remember playing it younger, but I can't, like, I don't think we had one until until later. It all got a bit jumbled. Yeah, I have the same with a rich friend. Like, first played <laughs> yeah. his because I think he got one on release. I and, think uh... that he's made another cameo. <laughs> oh, he's coming back later. Don't you worry. <laughs> yes. Come on then, Grandpa Andy, tell us about your PlayStation. Did you have an onion tied to your belt at the time as well? Or... <laughs> I sure, sure did. It was a style at the time. So yeah, I actually got the PlayStation 1 on release, uh, or maybe like a few you days. fancy bastard. After. It was possibly a few days after release because postage was a fucking joke back then, even worse than it is now. But uh, not to attack postal workers, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> getting political here sorry you're allowed to you're entitled well, we, to strike we've never been political in this podcast no, before never 
Mm. Uh, so I, I got it um, via mail order. Uh, I can't remember which mail order service, but considering it was the mid nineties, I'm going to assume it was uh, one called Special Reserve. They, they did a lot of advertising in magazines at the time. Sounds like a fancy chocolate. It does a bit, <laughs> or like a really nice or really shitty whiskey that you get, like like, just like the most affordable whiskey you could find. Anyway, like hopefully, I think most of our listeners are old enough to remember magazines and like sending off in the mail for stuff. Because oh, I'm so glad you followed that up because I thought you were saying I think most people remember magazines, and I was about to be like, Andy, they still make them. (laughs) (laughs) They still exist, Andy. (laughs) Well, I have seen no evidence of them. Back in my day, (laughs) we had paper. Do you remember paper? (laughs) E, you were lucky. (laughs) We had napkins. (laughs) Most possibly, some people might have been in a coma for most of their life and just missed magazines and mail order (laughs) services and stuff. So I thought I'd just. Yeah, Yeah, you'd see an advert in a magazine, you'd send off a little coupon thing to them and hope they got it and took your order and sent you something back. (laughs) It was fucking stupid, but that's how we had to handle things. The special reserve was actually really cool because like it had every game and every console like under the sun, like even like really expensive imports you could order. This is how I learned of the Neo Geo and its insane pricing. I'd look at those listings and go, oh, I'm never getting that, am I? I mean, I'm going to have to get a job like a big boy or something. <laughs> so, yeah. I... You were 32 at the time. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Uh, I got a lot of games from them like, in the days before the internet, even though it was like pricier than going to like a shop. It's just the stock was significantly better. So I was originally going to get a Sega Saturn for this generation because I wanted to get a Virtual Fighter. But when on holiday in... It's either Greece or Turkey, I can't remember. Somewhere hot where I just didn't like being outside. I spent a lot of time in an arcade playing Tekken. And like when I learned like in a magazine, if you know what they are, that Tekken was coming to the PlayStation and not the Saturn, I decided to get a PlayStation instead. And because I had no job being like a, a child, I, I had lots of consoles that I'd collected over time. So I started just selling them to get money for a PlayStation. I can't remember the exact timeline because I sold different things for different things. I think I sold my SNES and my Game Boy and my Game Gear to buy an Atari Jaguar because <laughs> like they'd sell, they went for more than the Sega, like the Sega stuff that I had. So I went with that. And that's my first experience of buyer's remorse and seller's remorse. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just felt really bummed out by the Atari Jaguar. I just I just tend to bring up that I bought an Atari Jaguar the same way registered sex offenders announced their arrival in a new neighbourhood. <laughs> no one asks for this information, but I bring it up with great shame every time. What a wow. mess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, no. <laughs> I'm not saying people that owned an Atari Jaguar are sex offenders, obviously. That, that would no. be a bad thing for me. I'm just... <laughs> It's just very Fine. embarrassing and no one asks Games for Master is where we do the libel, okay? Stop. <laughs> just stop speaking for a moment. <laughs> I think okay, you'll need on. to recover. <laughs> I'm going to move on from the Jaguar, obviously. So yeah, I sold the Atari Jaguar to get some money for my PlayStation as quickly as I could before other people would realise I was selling them a goddamn lemon. <laughs> and then I sold my Mega Drive and my Mega CD plus all the games for that. Arguably for less than they were worth, but I was like pressed for time. I wanted to pre-order the PlayStation, so I just took what I could get 
and I happened to get enough money to pay for a PlayStation and one game, and that was it. Uh, this this was just the, the I sold three consoles and a large library of games just to buy one console and a game that wasn't even going to be a launch title. Just the shit you had to do when you didn't have an income. It's fucking <laughs> horrible. So that that brings us n- nicely to the next question. What's the first game we remember playing for our PlayStations? So I will go to Chip again. You better have a fucking answer this time. <laughs> you think I've got an answer to this one? I couldn't remember when I got my PlayStation. Well, the first one you remember, it doesn't need to actually be the first one. Just your first okay. memory of playing a game on the PlayStation. Let's just call it that. Well, I can I can recall my rich friend's Yay. PS1 then, because um, obviously he got it uh, like yourself on launch day. Or I, th- I think he did anyway. Like I swear, like there was just one day where he had the console and all the games, so maybe it wasn't release day. Like, but I distinctly remember things like Crash Bandicoot, Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil. We played a lot of WWF in your house. And uh, the first FIFA that was on the PlayStation as well, which I think was like FIFA 1995? I think it was 95. Maybe? Yeah. And just thinking that, that like, it blew my tiny mind because the graphics were like, oh my God, this is like real life. The most realistic <laughs> a game will ever look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Whoa. And it's never been better since. Yeah, I remember the early FIFA games. They, were, they weren't actually 3D. It was all 2D sprites, but they'd had different 2D sprites for every camera angle. It's like the illusion of 3D. Yeah, and you couldn't, like, score in the box because the keeper would always save it or something like that. Like, it was very bad. <laughs> yeah, it was very different to the uh, the Mega Drive ones where you could just kick the ball at the, the goalkeeper, it'd bounce off them, and then you could yes. c- catch a rebound. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the good days. Uh, and uh, I, I, do you know what? When you said Wipeout earlier, that did trigger some sort of memory because I think that was one of the first games that I owned. I don't know if it was the first, but it was one of the first. So I have memories of playing Wipeout at some point in 97 or 98 or 99. <laughs> one of the years. Another On the topic of FIFA still, I just remembered now, I tried to trade in because there was a shop that, that sold carpets, but in the back of the shop, they had like a game section, like loads of games. They did a trade-in <laughs> sure. system. Sure. Like to get, it's a tiered Trade system. A carpet, that's, a game. that's such a, a 90s thing as well, is one shop so... giving way to a completely <laughs> different thing at the back. And they all gave away, like, no matter what you bought, you got a bottle of uh, Panda Cola. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> one carpet, one PlayStation. There's two colas. There you go. A lukewarm bottle shop? of Coke to take home with you. <laughs> Thank you. Not even the good Coke. <laughs> it was weird. But, like, yeah, I, I feel like I've brought up the trading shop before, maybe in the Games That Made Us episode. Anyway... They had a tiered system where, like, different levels of, like, rarity would get you more expensive games in exchange. And I used to do use it a lot, but for FIFA, I think it was 96, I'd somehow completely fucked the disc. Like, it was ruined, like, scratched to hell. You, it didn't look like a disc anymore, basically. <laughs> and I, was, I wanted to trade it in because I knew it was a lucrative disc in their system. So I tried colouring it in with a like a marker pen to cover all the scratches <laughs> and i just hoped they weren't going to look too close even though first glance you could tell this was a destroyed <laughs> disc <laughs> i still tried and he just looked at me and just handed it back quietly and i just nodded and left <laughs> you didn't get a panda cola i didn't even get a panda cola he, might, he could have swilled like a load of panda cola in his mouth and spat it in my face that's how annoyed he was at me <laughs> <laughs> you could have just got some water and painted it black like you did with the disc. It's just, it's like one of the last times I tried blagging. Like, I could have gone really far in my life if I just 
kept up being a shameless little shit, but no, I just gave up there and then. It's a real shame. <laughs> so, Becky, what was the first game you remember playing? So, if we're talking my granddad's PlayStation, it was Ridge Racer. Or Ridge Racer, as you have to say legally. Thank you. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> uh, but at home, it was probably Crash Bandicoot 2 or Disney's Hercules, I think. Ooh. The reason why I remember Hercules especially is because I, I, I may have talked about this in the Games That Made Us episode. But if you left the menu screen for long enough, it started playing through the Zero to Hero musical sequence. So we used to do that a lot. Like It would just be me and my brother like sat staring at the TV. Like, come on, come on, come on. And then it would kick in, we'd be like, yeah! Because <laughs> we didn't own VHS <laughs> at that point, so that was all we could do. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was Crash Bandicoot 2. Because my friend who had a PlayStation 4, she had Crash Bandicoot. So we'd swap occasionally so I could play the first game and then she would play 2. And then we'd swap back. Lots of swapping in those days. In the days before digital games, where just like, you know what, I yeah. want to play it like as soon as it comes out, even if I'm going to be sleeping when it comes out, I want to play it straight <laughs> away, damn it. Bash, what about you? The first game you remember? Oh, it's 100% Crash Bandicoot, like without a shadow of a doubt. Um, To be honest, I'm surprised I can remember any other games I played on the PlayStation at all. <laughs> I feel like it was Crash Bandicoot and like, that was it. <laughs> uh, obviously, because I graduated from uh, Nintendo, which is a lot of platformers yeah your, your super marios of the world and your donkey kongs yeah i was straight away right at home with crash bandicoot and like i remember it being like this really amazing 3d graphics which it's not when you look back but at the <laughs> time it was really amazing um yes, doing a platformer was. that wasn't just side scrolling and mm. had all of it was all you know 3d and the jump mechanics were punishing. You had to be so precise, and and which is true of all platformers, to be fair. But there's something about when it's not just side scrolling, and all of a sudden they had invisible boxes and things that you also yeah. you know had to hit perfectly. And just like creeping to the edge, like step by step, and you could get one foot over before he fell off. Yeah, just trying to get like the precision of this is as far as I can get for the furthest jump before it's gonna like book it. Yeah, definitely. That is um, outside of six golden coins. I remember that as one of my earliest memories of a hyperfixation on a game is Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, hundred percent that. Yeah, I, I don't remember when I first played Crash Bandicoot. I feel like I missed it. Like, it wasn't until like Crash Bandicoot 3 had come out, I thought, okay, fine, I'll try it. <laughs> I may have played a demo at some point and like, absolutely ate shit on it at some point. I thought, I'm not playing this game again. <laughs> it took me a while to get into Crash Bandicoot, so I didn't have that the attachment that's like present in everybody else, apart from Chip, who hates that Bandicoot. Sorry that we were, everyone's brought up Crash Bandicoot so much, Chip. As I need to talk about him later, so, you know, we're, there's going to be anger. <laughs> Just remember, it's not a therapy podcast. Just in case. <laughs> so for me, like, uh, despite getting the console on release, I didn't get a launch title because I just wasn't sold on any of them. And I had my heart set on one game, and that game wasn't coming out until, like, two months later. So what I did is basically just play the demo disc for an, an insane amount of times <laughs> for, like, two months. Because, like, this Jesus. Was demo, his demo one, 
the European and UK version. It came with uh, playable demos for Battle Arena to Shinden, Destruction Derby, Loaded, and Wipeout. It also came with a demo of Total NBA 96, where you got to control the camera. Ooh, Ooh. that's so fun. (laughs) The absolute half-arsing of that demo. (laughs) It's like all these other games, like, yeah, you can play. You can play like a round of this fighting game, or like you can play the Destruction Derby mode on Destruction Derby. Play a level and loaded. Have a race with Wipeout. Now you can move the camera around. (laughs) And we haven't worked out camera controls properly yet because it's all new to us. Thanks. Brilliant. It also had like a bunch of trailers, the iconic dinosaur tech demo, and the less iconic manta ray tech demo, which I forgot about entirely. It also had the VCD feature that generated like a visual display for your music CDs. I had used that for like about, I think it was like, four years i just kept using that when i was listening to a song i just put my disc in and play that just watch all the fancy displays going on i didn't do drugs so that was the closest i could get i guess so yeah i I spent like a shocking amount of hours just rotating a t-rex around (laughs) just like looking at the model like wow this is cool 3d it's like you could argue that i there are better things i could have been doing with the hours of my finite time on this earth but i strongly no, no. disagree no, it's a 3d dinosaur yeah. what the fuck i'm with you on this yeah <laughs> I, I feel like that's like a very mid 90s way to spend an hour <laughs> yeah I, I was about to say i think it wasn't an hour at a time but there's definitely one day where i just rotated it constantly for near an hour just taking all in the sights like wow oh i can open its mouth wow i'll do that now but a 3d dinosaur come on this was you couldn't get that on the Super Nintendo. So, But the first proper game I played was Tekken. I yes. pre-ordered it alongside my PlayStation, but it didn't release until two months later. That was that was the game that made me choose PlayStation, and it completely lived up to my expectations. Like It just felt like I had an arcade game in my home. I was like, yes, yes, I'm shit at this game, but I love it. <laughs> I did manage to complete it eventually on all characters, because that's just... I didn't have another game to play until Christmas. So I just, again, I just spent like months just like, or at least a solid month just blitzing that game before going to the 3D dinosaur again. <laughs> like beat some dudes up, look at the dinosaur. Yeah, I had to like break up things. Just, you know, look at the dinosaur a bit, have some dinner, look at the dinosaur. Play some music. <laughs> yeah. This is so wholesome. <laughs> It's just how I spent my time when I didn't have many friends. Oh, I did have some friends. They, friend. they, they'd come around and play on my PlayStation, the fucking moochers. <laughs> we want to look at the dinosaur, Andy. Show us playing on the dinosaur. Let's play some Battle Arena to Shinden. Like, fuck off. <laughs> rotating this dinosaur. <laughs> sit here for six hours. <laughs> Can I rotate the dinosaur at least? No, it's my dinosaur. <laughs> I wasn't one of those kids. I'd always happily share my controller, to be fair. After To a point, if they're starting to take the piss, I'd take it back off. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> There's the Andy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. So, obviously, I have a lot of fond memories of that dinosaur and that demo disc. <laughs> <laughs> but are there any things that we all fondly remember from that era of gaming? Uh, things that may not necessarily be a part of gaming anymore uh, that we can look on back on fondly. Or on the flip side, are there any things from that era that we're really glad to see the back of? So, Chip. Okay, I actually have stuff for this as well, Yay. so this is going to be a much better section. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think I think the other sections were great, but that's just me carrying the rest of you. <laughs> well, it did involve the dinosaurs, hey, so I've you're had a bit an biased. Anecdote. 
No, uh, chip. Uh, yeah, it's just chip that's been letting us down. To be fair. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm only talking about my sections. Yeah. Um, my contribution to this episode is editing, and that's it. Fair, because I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, so I, I, so demo discs is a big thing that I miss. Mm. There's, yeah. I don't know why they're more satisfying than just having some demos downloaded to your PlayStation. Obviously, we don't get as many demos as we used to, but just. They were like having, when you couldn't afford a lot of games growing up, they were like having mini tiny games. You could rotate your dinosaur, you could play these little levels and see what games were out there and stuff. So I really miss the variety of having those. Uh, I really miss strategy guides. Um, I fucking love those. I had so many as a kid. I distinctly remember getting one for the first Smackdown game and just being amazed at the, it just taught me new moves that I didn't realise were in the game. So I, I love those, and I wish... I, I should pick some more up, because I think they still do them for modern games. But obviously, they're kind of useless when we can just Google which way do I go, left or right. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I would like some of those in my collection, I think. Um, and I never would have beat Final Fantasy VII without a strategy book or a guide. Oh, God, no. Uh, I, I, have I told my story about that on the podcast before? I might have done you, it in the Final Fantasy VII episode. episode I think. Yeah, you did. Yes, yeah. I felt some time. Okay, in that case, I'll, and if anyone doesn't know what that is, just go and listen to that episode and then you'll find out because it's a very, very good story, I think. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> for some reason, I think it's because I had this episode in mind as well. I had some nostalgia for memory cards. Yes. And obviously they would suck now if we still relied on them. <laughs> and, you know, I had numerous get corrupted and I lost uh, like hours of saved data on them all the time. But just at the time, they seemed so futuristic. You know, it's like, wait, I can save this game and come back to the point where I left it off rather than start again? Like, it was like getting out of your first floppy disk or a mini disk or something. It's like, whoa, this is the future. <laughs> mini right disk, right famously now. the future. <laughs> <laughs> I got big into mini discs. That does not surprise me. <laughs> they were like discs, but mini. <laughs> and that's literally all they were good for. Yeah. Hey, they fit better in your pocket. They still skipped and stuff, but... <laughs> uh, when it comes to stuff that I don't miss, I don't miss the low times of that generation. I remember there was an early sort of football management sim game. I can't remember, it might have been like Premier Manager or something like that, that when I was playing it, if my mum was making tea at that time, I'd have to say to her, you need to let me know exactly two minutes before dinner is ready because it took exactly two minutes for that game to save. Oh, and that doesn't God. sound like a lot of time, but just imagine on a game now, clicking save and having to sit there for two whole minutes until it had finished saving. It's a long time. I don't time. miss that. I like instant saves, quick saves, quick loads. Helps me cheat in games as well. So I, I don't miss that. I, I, I forgot all about fucking long load times and save oh. times. Jesus. I did love dem- demo discs. I remember... Actually, the only thing I remember from Tomb Raider 2 is playing the demo disc and just making Lara jump off a high wall. Yep. And see if she'd hit the water. Usually she didn't because I was bad at it. <laughs> but I, I had a lot of fondness for demo discs it was always exciting picking up a magazine and wondering what demo discs what demos were going to be on the, the disc yeah. that month Do, uh, i didn't have a lot of strategy guides but i, I definitely yeah with you on final fantasy 7 i would not have completed that game without the help that oh, game God, provided no. and i think it's just more rewarding finding the solution to your problem like looking through a book turning the pages rather than just go into like a youtube walkthrough that takes you right to the exact moment you want i feel like yeah. you actually even if you're letting somebody else tell you what to do it feels like you're actually putting in some work to, <laughs> to skip all of the legwork and memory cards yeah like i that that's a thing i miss but also i'm glad they're gone yeah 
Yes, it, yeah. It's weird, like, when you look at it, it was about 14 meg... They had, like, 14 megabytes of storage space on, a like, a <laughs> memory card for, like, a standard one. For, like, 10 quid a pop, like, for those things. But I, I loved them, because you could just put, take, put them in your pocket, go to your friend's house, like, load up a save. It's, like, it's, it's a lot harder to do that with internal storage, even though you can get, like, a terabyte of, like, memory now, and, like, just, you don't have to worry about, like, running out of space for a long time. Unless you've installed GTA Online. <laughs> a terabyte of memory would have blown my tiny mind at that point yeah. in time. Science fiction, mate, back then. Oh. Yeah. How many saves you could fit on a memory card? <laughs> the other thing I miss about memory cards is the when you could look at the save data and you'd have the little game icon. Yes. I used to really enjoy checking out what they were like on the new game and seeing, like, oh, yeah, there it is. That you can look at it and it's the little icon or like Crash's head or something. I had a lot of memory cards, I'll be honest. Like, I had one dedicated solely to Final Fantasy VII, like, just because I just couldn't let go of certain saves. So I was like, I'm not deleting this, I'm just going to have everything on this <laughs> card, and I'll just have I to get like other that. cards for other games. <laughs> so, yeah, like, if I had to buy, like, memory cards now, I'd probably be like, you know what, I'm just going to have to not save. I'm not buying, I'm not spending money on this shit. So, anyone else got any, like, fond, fond memories or hatreds? <laughs> so... Demo Discs, obviously, was another one of mine. I had the Tomb Raider 2 one as well. I played that a lot. I never played Tomb Raider 2. And I, f- I feel like at this point, it would be a disappointment because I loved that demo so much. And Cheat Codes was another thing that I had. Like, the, the proper, like, square, square, X, circle, square, start, you know, the really lengthy ones that got you, like, three extra lives or something. Like, none of yeah. them were worth the effort you were putting in to type in this code, but... I always used to love finding a cheat code or, you know, someone like writing down a cheat code for you be like, yeah, use this. Like it was some really secret society type thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to last two seconds longer on this Crash Bandicoot level. And the other things like Coach Cowop. Uh, Coach Cowop? Yes. Couch Coach Cowop. Co-op. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Couch Cowop. I don't think we have the same level Obviously, everyone's online now and with the pandemic and everything, you know, that sort of thing just has kind of fallen by the wayside. And I really miss just sitting next to my brother or a friend and like you're having the split screen and being able to see each other's progress. I know you can still do it with consoles. It's it's not a thing that's gone away, but I there was something really, really special about couch co-op. I can't <laughs> Oh my god! It's tough. to really think about it. <laughs> Coach Cowop on the PlayStation One, especially with racing games and and things like that. I really miss that kind of interactivity and and social aspect of of gaming because we've commented on it frequent frequently. Like multiplayer games now, there just aren't a lot of them in the same way that they used to be. It's all kind of very short hits rather than you know lengthy stuff that you can do together. And I do miss that. I actually have memory cards on the things I'm glad to see the back of because those things were the bane of my life um, because we can never afford more than like one or two. So we used to have to be really judicial with how we saved our games. And then I remember once we lost the memory card with most of our saves on it. No. And oh, I've never been so like heartbroken because like my driver oh. save was on there, Crash Bandicoot, um, the, there was the first Tomb Raider one, all of these saves are on there and I could not find it. And eventually it did show up. It turned out my baby brother had decided to post it under the sofa. Hilarious. 
Um, (laughs) But I just, the thought of losing all of that progress, just, oh, it's still like, I've got like a knot in my stomach just talking about it now. (laughs) And another thing that I had, so level passwords instead of game saves, because we had that for Hercules. You used to have to memorize what vases there were for the level passwords. You couldn't just go back in, which I know kind of contradicts the memory cards thing, but it was annoying. (laughs) And the other one is wires. I do not miss endless <laughs> yep. wires everywhere. Wires from the controller, like multi-wires to the TV. Obviously, you still have your power cable, your charger cable, but it's a lot more streamlined than it used to be. I do not miss having to plug in controllers to play them. Oh, God. So they're, they're mine. Yeah, the, the wires thing, fucking hell. I watched, there was a TikTok I saw the other day of a dude, like, setting up his PlayStation 2. And, like, I was watching, oh, this is cool. And then I noticed how many, like, why is he have to plug into his TV? And I was going, fucking hell, this is taking forever. Yep. Do I really have to do this every time I got a new console? Like, oh, God. Yeah, because you had the AV wires, like you had to do the red, yellow, whites, and then there was the yeah. power, and then there was, oh, the SCART lead. So many, so lead. many wires. Oh, the SCART, <laughs> the awful fucking, they always broke on me, those things. Yeah, and they never quite fit. Yeah. So occasionally, if you knocked the TV ever so slightly, your picture would just go, ugh. Yeah, why? Why is he gonna fuck himself? <laughs> uh, I'm with you, Becky. Though I really miss cheat codes. They were um, like I used to have stacks of paper just next to my PlayStation yes. for different games and stuff. We had a whole cheat and, code like, notebook that was just uh, all nice. cheat codes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember, um, so like in the earlier wrestling games, they didn't have a lot of online capability. So people that make creations, like they create wrestlers that aren't in the game and like, you know, all this other sort of stuff, you couldn't download those. So I had to print off like formulas where people would create wrestlers and they'd write down how to do it. And so you'd have all these like sliders and numbers and you take hours and hours just going through them, ticking them off and be like, okay, I've adjusted his biceps to 29, his legs are 27 (laughs) and just spending so much time making those. I don't miss that. But I kind of do. It's like the memory card thing, you know? It's like a lot of nostalgia heaped towards that. But I'm really glad we are where we are now. Yes. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where, like, at the time, amazing. Now, oh, God, what a faff. Like, I'm, I'm such a convenience gamer. <laughs> <laughs> We're so privileged and we love it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there were certain things like the cheat codes and the level codes thing you mentioned, like, that were like a holdover from the cartridge days. Mm. Like, some developers like, I don't want to let go of this yet. Like, <laughs> we have memory cards, you cunt. Please. Like, no. <laughs> no, you Memorize will not be able to save the game. Number. <laughs> so, oh. so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that shit, like, died out before we got to the next, the following generations. So one thing I'm very glad to see the back of, um, the launch controller having no thumbsticks. Like... Yeah. Try to play games oh, with the directional yeah. pad now. It's just like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> My thumbs yes. feel like they're gonna fall off. Oh yeah, our, yeah. Our first controller didn't have thumbsticks. Yeah. And it was really weird getting used to them when we finally got one with thumbsticks. Yeah, there was a learning curve, but like once I got used to it, it's like, how did I ever play a game like that? Jesus mm. Christ! So now the directional pad's still there, just as like some kind of genetic ab- like abnormality. This is they haven't been at shake off yet. It's <laughs> like we can use this just for some kind of quick pick like stuff from your inventory or something it has no other purpose predictably at this point everyone's probably said everything now (laughs) i was they'd have controller um as one of my things that i miss but that's because i'm a person with very small hands (laughs) (laughs) and i loathe 
the trend towards bigger and bigger controllers because they're mm. just increasingly uncomfortable for me. So I do look back on the PlayStation 1 and 2 controllers with great fondness. I am firmly with Becky on memory cards. Fucking hated them. Um, <laughs> in our house, because there was like, my dad was a gamer too, and my sister to a degree, but not to the same degree as us two. My dad once saved over something of mine <sighs> by accident. So we got the label makers out. <laughs> And we put our names on the memory cards so that it was just, just don't go near it, that one's mine. I don't know if this is a somewhat controversial thing to have missed, but who remembers chipped PlayStations? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's a good shout. I miss being able to get dodgy copies of games. (laughs) Super cheap at the Sunday market. Like, you just couldn't do that now at all um i mean like technology these days is a degree if i don't have like an official branded wire for my phone sometimes it'll say it can't charge like this is an unsupported accessory it's literally a usb wire what the fuck are you doing (laughs) like (laughs) there's nothing special about your samsung but (laughs) uh, to be fair i think apple's worse for that yeah, yeah, Apple. Yeah, like whenever my son goes to charge his iPad, and I don't have an official wire anymore for it, and sometimes it'll just be like, hmm, "This is an unsupported wire," and you're like, "How? Why?" <laughs> like, yeah. fuck off. Anyway, yeah, no, I really miss <laughs> dodgy consoles <laughs> and just being able to get a massive stack of copied um, discs. My dad had a friend who could just get us basically any game. But it was never official, and they'd always come in like really crappy, like really thin disc holders, like the mm. old CD yeah. ones that were like really thin, <laughs> and they just have like a cheap printout of yeah. the of the cover, <laughs> just they like need stuck. To have the, like the printer lines on still. Yeah, like, yeah. The was running out. <laughs> yeah. And it'd be like, and on the top of it, obviously, it wouldn't have the pictures on the discs. It'd just be written in like. Why is it permanent marker? Yeah, just like maybe <laughs> spelt wrong. wrong. Yeah, depending on <laughs> <laughs> depending on the game. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, I really miss that. And I, I like, I don't think anyone said anything else that was too that I wouldn't agree with from a nostalgia perspective. But certainly, just another thing. Whenever I think of that original era of three D gaming, I do think of the graphics. And like, whilst I love game graphics now and to a point where i went to play lord of the rings online played it for about an hour and went oh this is really ugly i can't cope and went back to my beloved final fantasy (laughs) with its 4k graphics so definitely i don't think i necessarily miss playing games (laughs) with those graphics but i just feel such a swell of like nostalgia whenever i see the original crash bandicoot model Mm. or you know Spyro before it got its HD remaster and you know even the old Tomb Raider yes I know she had triangle tits but <laughs> like <laughs> there's just something about that era where when 3D gaming first became you know like the next big thing and such creativity was on display like the use of colors and the way they were putting polygons together to make shapes that felt more recognizable I don't know. I look at that. I look at those screens and stuff. And yeah, the the remakes always look stunning now. But 
there is just something so charming about them. It's like when Final Fantasy VII, obviously I have been replaying that again, and like when you compare that to the remake, the remake is gorgeous, but there's something especially charming about Seven, like the original. Yeah. And like the way they pulled together, like, so that they didn't have to do full backgrounds and stuff. So a lot of the games would have like these sort of weirdly washed out but more detailed backgrounds and then you'd have these little 3D models like just superimposed on top of it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No, I just think there's something graphically that was quite magical about them. I would agree, apart from when they started attempting human faces on character <laughs> models. There's the meme one of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone where you see Draco Malfoy and he's literally <laughs> just looks like someone's taken Tom Felton's face and kind of smooshed it onto plasticine. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a very uncanny valley element to, to faces in that era where they're not... They look like painted on. It's almost like they've kind of like stuck them on the models. Um, yeah. I don't miss that. Everything else, I absolutely agree. But yeah, I they always used to freak me out. When I saw them later on at the time, I was like, oh my God, graphics will never be better than this. <laughs> but now I look at them and I'm like, oh my God, kill it with fire. <laughs> Can we refer to it as the tri- uh, triangle tits era? Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one thing, like the graph, like I loved the models and stuff, but like they definitely hadn't worked out the cameras yet. Like if any game where you could control oh. the camera, like what the hell the oh, fuck do we yeah. do this? Especially when... There weren't any thumb sticks yet. It's like, <laughs> press the circle to move the camera. Like, ah, I'm wide. What's <laughs> fucking going on? Team Raider was especially bad for that. You'd roll and suddenly the camera would be facing a wall and you'd have something like attacking you and you'd be like, I can't see it. I can't see it. Turn around. <laughs> and there was no way of getting the camera back without moving her, but then you died. Yeah, like the muscle memory there, like when you're replaying a retro game, is to try and move the camera. It's like, yeah. stop fucking moving, what's yeah. happening? <laughs> or like the controls are inverted, or it's uh. just like Satan's controls. Oh know? yeah, like um, circle would be to like okay, and X is to leave. Like No. Like, no, I, this doesn't make sense to me. No, <laughs> my brain... No, yeah. my brain is mapped in a certain way now. It's, I, I know that's. It's why like I still a... struggle with Switch games because yeah. I'm constantly mm. pressing the wrong button for the wrong thing, just because my muscle memory is so, you know, X's go, circle is back. Yeah, it's it's a thing from like um, Japan, I think, because like the circle is a sign for go, and it's like, oh, I can't remember what circle is a sign for go. Yeah, and X is like, I don't know. There was something to do with that, like that. So the, all the early games were designed that way, and then you started like accommodating us filthy westerners. <laughs> like, okay, let's just give give them for all them a bone because we were still used to kind of using like certain buttons, using certain buttons doing a certain thing, and that was completely different on the PlayStation, and it mm. really threw me for a long time. Yeah, don't get me started on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like I I strongly believe universal controls. Yes, like. Jump should be the same on every single controller. And yeah. the X, Y, A, B, or your triangle, square, so whatever combination they want to go with, just make it the same. But that's a rant for another day, probably, in full. <laughs> but I do have very strong opinions about controllers. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm ready for it, Sasha. Yeah. I, I will just say, yeah, I agree. Like Especially with open world games where I want triangle to always be get on the vehicle, get on the horse, whatever. Because I remember playing uh, Ghost of Tsushima, trying to get on my horse and just hitting it with my sword. Yeah. Yep. Why do you do that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's my I best friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. 
fuck. Sorry, horse. I've I've been known to change the buttons, like go into the customization settings and been like, nope, this will not stand. Um, <laughs> and just working out, I'm like, nope, this is where things normally go. This is where they will go once again. Like, <laughs> I, I can't I, do that. I, I think it was Red Dead Redemption 2. I got it wrong and punched the horse. I was just like, oh, oh my I punched God. my horse a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was just there like, I am so sorry to this horse. <laughs> Uh, it was bad. <laughs> that one just punched, punched it in the face. It kicked me and ran off a cliff. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to have to reload my save because I'm not getting another horse. Fortunately, I didn't have the run off a cliff part. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was upsetting. I'll say that much. Oh, please tell me you clipped that. No. <laughs> I was too traumatised. Like, no! <laughs> Yeah, because you get so attached to the horses in that game. I felt yeah. I had a run where, for some reason, just my horse died all the time. Like it got shot by enemies, or this is completely off topic. But <laughs> but yeah, like I had a run, and I was just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but anyway, PlayStation One. <laughs> yes, PlayStation One. But now that we've talked about the things that we remember fondly, um, are there any things that the PlayStation 1 introduced that are still a big part of your life, uh, Chip? Yeah, PlayStation, as in the brand itself. Because for the past 25 years or something now. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's it's That has been in my life for 25 odd years. Like that brand of gaming has been there. And it when it... When I made the upgrade to PlayStation from my Mega Drive, it just added fuel to the fire of my love of gaming because it was the first time I remember such a big jump in quality of games, at least in my mind back then, of you know how they looked, how they played. You know, Going from a, a Master System to a Mega Drive was a step up, definitely, yeah. but the difference between a Mega Drive and a PS1 felt so much bigger, and it was the first time I remember being really excited about a new piece of hardware, like a new console. I'd never had that before because both my Master System and Mega Drive were secondhand. You know, they were bought from a friend of my mum's, you know, or something like that. So to have this new thing coming out and being like, whoa, this is going to change everything. You know, I still remember that excitement and it's still the excitement I get nowadays. Like it's the same excitement I had when, you know, I eventually managed to get myself a PS5 and I was waiting for that to to come through the post so i think that's something that was instilled in me when the ps1 was released and that's that's still with me today that's a very good answer i'm, I'm annoyed i didn't think of that one <laughs> <laughs> uh, becky what about you yeah so for me i have to credit my love of gaming from that playstation like i said I ha- i'd had a game boy and we'd had some pc games but they'd never really been stuff i'd kind of latched onto in the same way and then obviously with Crash Bandicoot and Driver um which I've I've mentioned on other episodes I think it's the first time that I ever really found myself kind of obsessing over games and completing games without the PlayStation it might have happened later but it kind of hit me at that specific point in time where I was ready for kind of gaming to be a part of my life and so ever since then you know similar to Chip I've had a PlayStation 1, 2, 4 and 5. I didn't get a 3 because I was away at uni. But they've always been there and it's my go-to. You know, if I want to play a game, I will most likely go to my PlayStation before anything else. 
And the other thing I had, which is a bit more of a jokey one, was the driver bragging rights for getting past the training. <laughs> that has stayed with me this whole time. Yes, jokey, Becky, jokey. <laughs> yeah, sure. Jokey, but also deadly serious. <laughs> Mostly deadly Mostly serious. Deadly All serious. deadly but yeah, serious. I have kept that with me. No one me. can take that away from you. <laughs> I mean, fair enough, because like I said last time we talked about driver, I, I'm pretty sure I threw that game in the bin. <laughs> tried playing the tutorial. I was like, no, no game's worth this. Fuck it. So doing that, that's absolute tenacity and just yeah, and skill. Let's just be honest. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you threw that game in the bin and didn't even try and take it to the carpet shop for a cola. <laughs> Don't know if the carpet shop was still there by then. Or at the very least, they closed the games. No, they must have been, yeah. No, it might have been one I got from the carpet shop, so I felt like I was being ripped off. I can't remember how I got driver, but clouded with rage. So I can't remember very clearly. There, Bash, have you got anything? Uh, my answer would have been the same as Chips, which, you know, nice. it would have been just PlayStation. Generally, I didn't... I, to this day, still never had an Xbox, so I never I never betrayed the PlayStation brand. <laughs> I like Chip. Oh, I did. <laughs> 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 some purist you are <laughs> <laughs> call yourself a Got fan <laughs> yeah cheers. yes drag him I loved my 360 <laughs> way better than a PS3 yeah I don't deny that <laughs> but yeah the um, the brand itself uh, the controllers as I've already mentioned I guess you would extend if you want something a bit more specific I still prefer playstation controllers over any other controller nintendo yes. included nintendo though do have that thing where they at least just try a different controller with every single console there's yeah. no consistency <laughs> there <laughs> it's they get real abstract some of them. they, they yeah. really do <laughs> looking Here, at you nintendo 64 sure. <laughs> like it's a stick and a steering wheel like what <laughs> and if you want them to go together they might <laughs> They'll never best Nintendo 64 for weirdest controller design. <laughs> or GameCube, to be fair. The two of them. The GameCube just, is bizarre. Like, what were they on? But anyway, the, the, I digress. <laughs> I don't I don't think like there's anything else. I, I've I've often considered myself, even to this day, a PlayStation person. Not that I actually have any disdain towards Xbox. I really don't. But you know, it's a massive has, controllers. Apart, apart from the controls, yeah. I'm making my piece with it. I have one for my PC. I just find that whenever the new console comes out, I know that I'll eventually get it. I generally prefer the titles on PlayStation, like their exclusives and things. Yeah, no, it's it's a brand thing, isn't it? Yeah, I've always bought PlayStations. Like, first, like out of any option, I'll always go PlayStation, then Nintendo, then Xbox. I skipped Xbox, the Xbox One, because who has the fucking time? <laughs> I've technically so, never owned any of the Xboxes that I've had. They've always been someone else's that have ended up with me. So I consider myself like... It's a technicality, but I'll allow yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So um, Why does that sound like you stole them all? No, <laughs> I inherited them from my brother when he got bored. <laughs> and then uh, Danny's was... I've pretty much adopted now, so... <laughs> <laughs> you said they ended up with me even though they were someone else's yeah. <laughs> your honour <laughs> no fingerprints they can't prove I had it yeah they don't know <laughs> yeah, th for me like because th I, I despite complaining about you guys not doing any prep work or like not having answers early on I have very little to say <laughs> for this question that you I came this up question, with Andy? months ago yeah it's my fault <laughs> it's like like the two things that came to mind for me like 
because I wasn't having big brain moments like you guys that came up with much better answers. <laughs> I put down that the PS1 like helped popularize the JRPG in the West with like Final Fantasy VII. Like after playing that, I went back when I get now that I'm into retro gaming a lot, I play a lot more old like JRPGs, including like translations and stuff for games that never came out in the West. It's like it's one like one of my favorite genres, like the 16-bit era of JRPG. Like I just that's one of my favorite things. It also basically invented the survival horror genre, which I love horror games, so that's another thing. It's just it's just given me endless hours of entertainment and horrible little jumpy moments where I'm glad no one was watching me. <laughs> this is why I don't play horror games on Twitch. Chip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you mention Final Fantasies, because when I've been talking about this episode, and I'd struggled originally with this question a little bit, and I've been talking to my partner, and his answer was, without even a second's thought, was, oh, PlayStation 1 gave me Final Fantasies. Like, the the series. Yeah. Um, he's obviously a huge Final Fantasy like player. He's played all of the mainline numbered games, bar the first MMO. I, I think that would be a lot of people's answer. Yes. It was a game changer, for sure. Because like, before that, the West got very few Final Fantasy games. So this was the first one that was like widely got available. got very few and JRPGs, as you said. In general, and, yeah. and as And as we know, as someone who is a lover of JRPGs, or just the, the Japanese games in general, like their sense of humour, Sony's very good for that in general. It's a good time to move on to our next question, which uh, is all about the defining games of this era. Which which games stand out to you as the ones that really defined the PlayStation 1 era for you? We'll start with Chip. We probably know one of your answers at the very least. Which one Which one do you think? Final Fantasy VII. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to do that last, though, because it's a special one. Sorry for spoiling it, everybody. It's it's fine. Been Everyone knew. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, firstly, the first SmackDown game the WWF SmackDown game, because I bloody adored that. Um, and it started an excellent run of brilliant wrestling games during that period that followed on from the PS1 to the PS2 and onwards. Yeah. So, yeah, that was incredible. That was incredible. Like, having two really, really poor wrestling games in Warzone and Attitude, and in your house, actually, as well, as one of the first ones. Uh, before that, they all stunk, <laughs> even though I played them a lot. But, yeah, the first SmackDown game was incredible. And, yeah, yeah, I loved that. Metal Gear Solid, which I never owned it myself, but it was the first my first experience with a big massive kind of open world-ish story game that I remember as a kid like it felt big and important and like nothing I'd seen before so thank you rich friend for letting me experience <laughs> that at some point he's back <laughs> he always will be there he's a very integral part of my gaming history <laughs> <laughs> yeah then we have Crash Bandicoot I I still hate that cunt in Bandicoot, and I'll never finish a Crash game. But he's the first mascot that I remember of that generation. And as soon as I think it was Bash that first mentioned him in this episode, and as soon as she did, like the the music just started playing in my head, and all the sound effects were there as well. So it's just such a vivid memory for me from that era and subsequent therapy that I've had to have because of him. <laughs> the first Resi games as well. You know, Andy, you were talking about you know inventing the horror survival game. This is seeing those games again with Rich Red, thank you, was the first time I remember being truly afraid of games and experiencing sort of true horror through that medium. So they always sit firmly in my mind as well. And yeah, Final Fantasy VII, which changed my life, saved my life, and is and always will be very important to me. 
I'm sorry I spoiled that earlier on. Like, you, you can cut that bit out if you want. No, 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 no. Everyone knew. Everyone knew. Right? <laughs> Everyone yeah. knew it's fine. <laughs> Any loyal listeners know it's fine. Uh, Becky, what about you? Yeah, so Crash Bandicoot for sure. I won't belabor the point other than I love the Bandicoot. I even wrote we had a project in year six which was after we completed our sats and they didn't really have anything to teach us where we could write our own like little project book of something and I decided I was going to do like a strategy guide to Crash Bandicoot and I never really got further than describing what the Wumpa Fruits did but <laughs> I was obsessed. <laughs> but the other main one for me um, is Tomb Raider. You know we've covered this in a previous episode but in terms of the cultural impact that the Tomb Raider games had further um, beyond just gaming culture, I, I think cannot be underestimated. And, you know, I was big into Indiana Jones at the time and Laura Croft was the ultimate badass. I was gleefully unaware of the rampant sexism and dubious stuff that surrounded her at this point in time. But to me, like, seeing a, a female protagonist and also just having that kind of fun adventure game puzzle game that I never got very far in but I was committed to I feel like you know that's definitely one of the the defining genres and the defining games of the era you got any others uh well I did so I asked Danny to... <laughs> I asked Danny actually and he was saying so he mentioned Resident Evil and Metal Gear Solid but he also mentioned Silent Hill yes, as well as like know. a big sort of classic of the PlayStation. I had sort of ones that defined the era for me because I didn't very much get into big franchises beyond those two. Driver is obviously a big one for me because obviously. Um, <laughs> but also like <laughs> racing games in general, I feel were were a big part of, of the PlayStation 1 era. Um, I certainly played a lot of them and I don't really play racing games anymore, but that always to me sticks out as a genre for kind of the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 era. Good shout that. And Bash, have you got anything? Yes. <laughs> Terrible question, sorry. <laughs> Once again, echoing obviously the Crash Bandicoot sentiments. Uh, it wasn't just the originally titled game. I loved anything Crash Bandicoot, so Crash Team Racing, Crash Bash, although I can't remember if that was actually PS2. I think that's PS2. Uh, I, know, I know Team Racing was definitely PS1, though. Yeah. I think, yeah, it was the mascot of PlayStation, and to be fair, I think continues to be one of the key mascots for PlayStation. Like I know it's opened up to a lot more platforms now, but I think a lot of people would still associate Crash with mm. PlayStation specifically. Definitely. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yes. Great I love that. those games. Yes. Yes. PlayStation. And much in the same way as when the remaster came out, I wasn't particularly good at them back then and I'm still not now. <laughs> but I like the music a lot and they're very fun. And... I can't remember if it was one. I know I've already mentioned it earlier in the episode, but I don't know if anyone mentioned it specifically here already. But Spyro the Dragon, I think, was another one of those quite mm. mascot-y characters. Again, I think it's one that I I personally extremely closely associate with PlayStation, the little purple dragon. I've replayed um, the remaster Spyro the Dragon, not the two or three from the trilogy, but the first one. And I just forgot how low-key nice it is to just bounce around collecting gems and stuff because it wasn't a particularly difficult game i don't think except those flying levels where you had to go in the the planes and they were timed yes and you had to collect all the stuff in it and they were really fucking difficult <laughs> but otherwise <laughs> i thought it was like it, ne it never really had any like massive difficulty spikes 
it was just like a low-key good time. So I think those were my main ones that I thought of as, you know, defining for this era. Becky, you mentioned driving. I guess in our house, my dad in particular loved driving games. Mm. So I'll also associate uh, PlayStation or this era with Gran Turismo. Mm. Definitely. And Colin McRae Rally. Yes. Oh, Ooh, yes. WRC. My dad loved those games. So we had like those uh, and, you know, you'd just play them because they were there, right? Yeah. <laughs> but again, just those things of when I think of games from that era, those are the other ones. And if it's in case it's not going to come up, and apologies, and if I'm just stealing the last of what's available <laughs> from the scraps. But obviously Tekken. Yes. Yeah. Again, another one that I wasn't particularly good at, but it was fun to button mash all the same. <laughs> yeah, that that was the last time in history where like a fighting game was you could just button mash and have a good time. They started getting way more technical, has lost interest, but I, I always loved playing Tekken. That was like even when I was just getting the shit kicked out of me, I was having a good time. There's yeah. nothing to unpack there, I hope. <laughs> oh god, I know another one I've forgotten that I had written but I couldn't I just remembered now. Abe. Oddworld. Oh yes. Me and my uh, cousins yes, used that's to sit one Danny and play Oddworld all the time. And when he does his little farts and we used to laugh yeah. our heads <laughs> off. We thought it was the funniest thing. And it's so juvenile. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Like that's another like if I think back on games that I played a lot on the PlayStation. Abe's uh, Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey. That's had a remake recently, right? I say recently, like yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah, it had a remake and there's a new one coming out at some point, I think. Because they realised, they tried to branch out with the Oddworld stuff with different characters and stuff, but they realised everyone just likes Abe and all the farting. So <laughs> yeah. I break what's, you know. I, I, it's quite a surprisingly complicated game. Like, I'd play it like, what am I doing? And I just hit a fart button or something. I'd go, oh, okay, it's fine. <laughs> So that's the sort of thing I was thinking about when I was thinking about this question. That this era kind of got defined by big swings, like creatively. Obviously, like some of my favourite games, like Final Fantasy VII, Metal Gear Solid, was my first introduction to Hideo Kojima, who would go on to make one of my other favourite games of all time. But it also did stuff like it introduced console gamers to like genres that were predominantly PC gaming things, like. Um, uh, graphic adventures and strategy games and first-person shooters. It was like opening up games, a whole new wave of games for people. I remember Discworld and Broken Sword being two of my favourite games on the PlayStation, and I lost a good chunk of my childhood to playing Command & Conquer. <laughs> did you have the one with Tim Curry? This was the first one. Oh. I, I think I did get Red Alert, but I, it didn't play as much of it as like I think I just burnt myself out in the first game. <laughs> that's that's my only command and conquer knowledge is Tim Curry's delivery of spice. Spice. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. I love I love the, con- the original command and conquer games before EA started like trying to monetize them and be a bunch of craven shit houses. <laughs> so yeah, like the PlayStation just it took a lot of big swings and ideas. Like it was kind of similar to the days of the Atari. That it's just a whole new realm of gaming entertainment. So people were just trying things to see if it would work. So like even things that didn't work felt like they def- they were defining moments for me. Like remembering back fucking 3D Lemmings. Like <laughs> looking back on it, it was just the absolute confusion of trying to do Lemmings in 3D. <laughs> 
It's like it's just I tried playing it right before we started recording. I was like, hey, what the fuck is this? The beauty of Lemmings is its simplicity. And then when you have to like spend half of your mental power trying to remember how to use the camera, you just let so many lemmings die. It's like this is <laughs> fucking stupid. But because 3D gaming was a whole thing now, they said, let's try this thing, but in 3D. And sometimes it'd work like platforming. You'd have like, yeah, Mario 64 obviously kind of perfected the 3D platformer pretty much straight out. But then you'd have Spyro, Croc, Crash Bandicoot. They're all trying their own kind of interpretation and they're all doing really good jobs of it. But then there's stuff like uh, Jumping Flash, which was a first person 3D platformer. And I, I absolute headache inducing yeah. bullshit. <laughs> My head just like spun at the thought of that. It's, who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> They did, because no one knew if it would work or not, so they thought, you know what, fuck it, let's just try it. And so you try to jump onto <laughs> platforms with like the camera being your eyes and missing entirely, <laughs> or like having to look down to try and make a jump. Like ah, this is horrible. Who like you just playing this giant robot rabbit, like jumping from place to place? It was just really colourful and imaginative, but just an absolute kick in the dick to play. <laughs> it's that's always stuck in my head. It's like, wow, they just they really tried something there. And then there's like Parappa the rapper. Like just basically creating the rhythm genre. So it's like, let's just—we don't know if this is going to work. Let's just try it. And also Pepsi Man. <laughs> I always think come back to Pepsi Man for some reason because it I... kind of paved the way for like a whole genre of like mobile temple run style games where you're just running in a straight line and dodging stuff. I don't remember that one. It's really deranged, like product placement that just cranked up to maximum settings. It's mad. So Pepsi Max. <laughs> It's just, he's, a, he's, a, he's a man like dressed like a Pepsi, like he's just blue and red, and like it's this weird superhero. And he's, but what he did was just run in a straight line, smashing through people's houses and shops, and like just jumping over stuff. Sure, collecting Pepsi cans. <laughs> For, we, there's no yeah. rational reason why he was doing this because at the end of some levels he'd hand a can to somebody, at the end of other levels he'd go to a vending machine and get a Pepsi. Even though I just saw that dickhead collect like a hundred cans, <laughs> he doesn't need to do that. I mean, sometimes he's running away from a Pepsi can, even though he wants Pepsi. I, it makes no sense. <laughs> like they didn't put any thought into it, other than we need Pepsi at all times in this game. <laughs> just, I'm still waiting for Panda Cola, man. It, Panda Cola, slightly man lukewarm. Very disappointing. <laughs> half Panda, half man. <laughs> no fizz. <laughs> hey, remember cola without any of the interesting flavors? Panda. <laughs> Uh, Do you, you want to remember the, the birthday parties of your five-year-old friends? <laughs> I'd go into a fish and chip shop that didn't have uh, Marsh's drinks available. <laughs> that That's a strictly Barovian reference. No one who lives outside of Barrow and Furnace is going to get that. So it's strictly for me, probably. But yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking Panda. of the, the bar drinks, the bar bottles. Oh, yes. That's yeah. That's probably, yeah. Uh, that's Marsh's were like the bar of like Barrow. Right, personally. okay, yeah. <laughs> we had roller cola. Oh, I remember roller, roller cola. cola? Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Never drank it. <laughs> I had um, a, a make-your-own fizzy drink machine from the eighties at home as well. That was fucking awful. <laughs> what well, the, that the was old like soda stream poison type? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you have to like click it in, and you need to break the glass every time because it really snap in. We've got a bit off topic. Yeah, I think. <laughs> well, we, this, Sorry, this is just like nineties <laughs> drink nostalgia at this point. It's all, it's all tied together. It's my fault for bringing up Pepsi Man. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I, I feel like I brought more games that I didn't like than I did, but I, I, hopefully I, but I did mention Discworld, Broken Sword, Command and Conquer. You did. Final Fantasy VII, Metal Gear Solid. It's just I veered off into negativity as I'm prone <laughs> to do. I've just wondered about <laughs> Rayman as well. It's kind of inventive oh. platformers. I loved Rayman. It was so hard. <laughs> The first, I loved the first Rayman, like yeah. it was like it was it was like a really nice slick two D platformer yeah. in an era where everyone else was going three D. Yes, I really love Rayman. Yeah, and the level design three D, gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Like Ubisoft should do more of that stuff. No, I, I knew I couldn't avoid ragging on Ubisoft, <laughs> but yeah, do you more got the of that. Avengers in earlier as well. Yeah, so. <laughs> just, this is my show. I get to do what I like. I'm hosting. I mean, it's your episode. It's not your whole show. <laughs> it's my show. Whoa well, we now. were talking about me selling this show off to the Saudis. So <laughs> so I'm going to take the money and run with our 100 <laughs> listeners. <laughs> through the nose for that. You heard we it here first. Lads, when, when the court case comes, we've got it on record. <laughs> when it's just me and like three guys who have very... Middle Eastern accent talking about how great Riyadh is. <laughs> yeah, you know what's happened. <laughs> is this going to get me killed? I don't know. <laughs> I did. I said something about this in the Games Master episode as well, didn't I? I, I said some tasteless joke about Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I'm really on one right now. You tasteless jokes? It's because of the WWE <laughs> thing. <laughs> I'm not just being weirdly specific about Saudi Arabia. <laughs> oh, it's like we got off topic again. Again. <laughs> So, like, like one last thing I'd wanted to talk about before I get to my main question. It's just some. This is a very specific to me situation, but other people might recognise it when I bring it up. But it was very much like an early adopter's regret because my PlayStation One like broke about halfway through its life cycle. Oh. But not to the point where it wouldn't run like an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty or a PS Three. It would work in very specific ways. So, like, the laser on it, on the disc reader, had come loose or, like, slipped. So it wouldn't read games the standard way, like, lying on its flat. I, I found out it would work if I held the PlayStation at a specific angle. <laughs> but the angle was different for every game. So I had to have a notepad of different angles for different games. <laughs> like, thick pillow, thin pillow, book. Things like this. Things that I'd know that I have to prop it up with to keep this thing running a bit longer. <laughs> Because I'd already sold everything I owned to buy this fucking thing. I couldn't do it again. <laughs> I remember distinctly GTA 2 needed to be placed basically completely upside down on a pillow. <laughs> on like a sofa pillow. <laughs> Not a small pillow, a big pillow. It had to be for some reason. It had to be this, It had to be a certain height off the floor to work as well. It made no sense. Wow. And even then, it took 10 minutes to load. Oh I had to sit God. there patiently staring at this loading screen waiting to play GTA 2. Which is my least favourite GTA game as well. So that, maybe that's why, I don't know. But <laughs> it just brought me back to the days of the ZX Spectrum when I'd be playing like a pirated game and it'd take like half an hour to load the loading screen. And then it'd take another half hour to load the game. I didn't want to be going back to those moments. I was supposed to be playing one of the most advanced consoles on the market. But I just, yeah, it was really stressful towards the end. I was really glad. I couldn't sell it as well. That was the problem. I couldn't flog this to do my usual trick. When the PlayStation 2 was coming out, I couldn't sell it off because no one's going to buy that fucking thing. It's broken. I still have my PS1. Does it work? It does. Or it did. Bo- no I checked way. before it moved. We moved. It still works. 
Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Can we um can we put a picture on the social medias of that? Uh, yeah. If I can dig it out, it's in storage. Um, it's got all the start oh, okay, leads right. and like AV leads with it as well, and my memory cards. That's amazing. PS2 definitely still works because yeah, I was playing that's, that. That's a amazing. solid. That is a solid piece of hardware. The PS2. Yeah. yeah so I don't want to get rid of my PS4 either because then I'm I'm keeping it. I've got a whole collection. That's <laughs> nice. I think um we've got a. We found a PlayStation 1 and a PlayStation 2 in the attic where we're living now. And a Dreamcast. Ooh. So I haven't dug them out because I'm like, I can't play this on anything. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find a really old TV. And those are heavy as fuck, so I'm not doing that. So that brings us to the final question. Is it the final question? No. <laughs> <laughs> the penultimate question. <laughs> this is my episode. I should have been playing. You're doing more. very well, Andy. Your show, apparently. Yeah, it's my show. Your whole show. I can't. I can't lay a claim to this. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't set up the Twitter account, which is the first sign of proof that this show existed. So that's Sasha, basically. I think was it Sasha? It was. It was. Yeah. Okay. So if we went to court in some kind of weird Facebook kind of thing, that'd be your evidence. <laughs> I don't know why I gave you that. That's fucked me. Never mind. <laughs> why are we going to court? Let's just not do that. <laughs> It could happen. We have to prepare. I'm for so times. confused with what's happening. You said the penultimate question, <laughs> and then we got back I'm very to going tired. to court. Pepsi Man done this to us. <laughs> Pepsi Man's ruined everything. It's the carpet shop's fault. That's why I'm glad they went out of business. <laughs> <sighs> I am feeling weird. Anyway, <laughs> the question. Yes, I feel like Chips infected me or something. Like this is his. I'll pick a button. <laughs> You heard. What is happening? <laughs> well, I'm going to ask a question now. Please Let's ask all have the answers question. for it. What does at the least place mine fall apart at the outro. Yours yeah. is even finished Mine's yet. just the whole thing, apparently. The outro is going to be smooth as butter, hopefully. It won't. The question. It is, what does the PlayStation 1 mean to us? Chip. Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> Becky. <laughs> No, it's my <laughs> section now, Chip. Back off. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, please go It's ahead. my show, it's so Becky's I get show to now. choose. Chip, come on to answer, please. <laughs> the PlayStation 1 is it's very, very special to me. As I said before, it's the first time I remember getting excited about a new console. Uh, first time I had a new console. And the first time I saw that Jamie step up in quality in games. And I honestly, I feel like if I hadn't got the PS1, or if the PS1 had never existed... I might not have been a gamer today. I mean, I could not have been alive today because it wouldn't have led to something that was very, very important and saved me at one point in my teens. So it's always going to have a very, very fond place in my heart. Um, There's many reasons to love it. I've got so much nostalgia for all the things that we've just spoken about today. And I'm really considering just installing an emulator tonight and playing some classics and maybe some of the ones I missed out on as well. That's a great idea. And a really nice answer. I'm glad I didn't cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> so, Becky, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I've already talked about it in the the what we've kept with us um, section, but it's definitely, I don't think I would be the gamer I am today without it. And a bit like Chip says, I'm not sure I would be a gamer without it. It kind of opened up to a whole new like line of possibilities and the kind of... We didn't have a very powerful PC, so we couldn't really game on that. And my Game Boy reach was limited, so I got to play a lot more different genres, different types of games. And yeah, I just, I adore it. I think it's probably one of my favourite consoles that I've ever owned. Yeah, I'm really glad I still have it. Um, It's a really lovely 
little piece of nostalgia uh, to keep hold of. And even if it doesn't work, I'm, I'm going to keep it and just have it in my life. That's nice. I'm, I'm very jealous. I should have kept my broken one. I think I probably just threw it in a tip or something. Oh. I didn't have a lot. Of, I wasn't a very nostalgic child. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bash, how about you? I don't think I really have much to add, really. The sentiments probably just pass through. It's probably just very clear from the episode. We all have a lot of nostalgia for it. it we all played the PlayStation 1 for a start, you know, and as continued PlayStation console owners and things. Uh, I think to have been there from the beginning is pretty cool to see the evolution of those consoles. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't my first console and it certainly wasn't my first console that I obsessively played. So it, it doesn't, I don't think it's responsible for me personally, for me continuing to be a gamer, to be fair, I do think Nintendo still holds the cards on that. I was much more of a, you know, Game Boy into DS and SNES into yeah, less so the things that followed immediately after, but, yeah. you know, into the Wii and things like that. But there's something very special about the PlayStation, the first one, especially. PlayStation in general still holds most of my favourite games that I've played. It might not be what this one specific console meant to me, but I think it's just, you know, the very idea of PlayStations at all. And I think I've mentioned a few times that PlayStation was, it was actually my dad's, was our PS1. And like very early on when my parents first got together, me and my dad playing games on the PlayStation is a very fond memory for me. Um, it was a lot of bonding for us. Weirdly, racing games and tennis games? Inexplicably. <laughs> we bloody loved a tennis game. And, like, yeah, there's so, a lot of a lot of memories with PlayStation 1 and 2, especially, of playing games with my dad downstairs after school, which is kind of really nice to have. And I sort of hope to replicate with my son when we play games now on, you know, the Switch or um, PS4 stroke 5 when I hopefully get one. <laughs> They're just very good consoles, aren't they? <laughs> and, yeah. for my money, the nicest a PlayStation's ever looked. I'm sorry. No, it's definitely. it looked like it was designed by somebody. It wasn't just like, let's just make like a block mm. that can stand upright. They're just, they were just so small and compact. And nice, big, hefty buttons. Yes. Yes. Not touch screen type buttons that i'm not always sure i'm pressing the right place yeah <laughs> yeah like, i like a big power button and an eject button or like... worse really sensitive touch screen buttons that when you're just doing a clean and it'll turn the playstation on and you'll be like no i was literally <laughs> just wiping the dust off <laughs> why yeah if i'm taking a disc out i have to lean in and like stare at the things close yeah <laughs> where the eject button I is, can... so i don't accidentally turn the game off i can never remember which one it is no, I never will. Just nev that's never going to enter my memory. Just have, I'm always going to have to lean in and stare. Versus two giant buttons on the top. One to press it yeah. on and one to open the disc tray. That was it. That's all it you was need. perfect. That's all you needed. PlayStation 6 better introduce big chunky buttons again. We need to bring that back. <laughs> Let's pick it, Sony. Yeah, we'll pick it the hell out of them. So you, you guys have given like lots of great answers and I definitely agree. It PlayStation 1 was like a major shift in gaming for me. Like, for everyone really aesthetically and mechanically games just looked different and felt different because like the 16-bit era was where 2d was perfected like lots of really slick examples of the genres that they had because they had lots of trial and error over the other 
the previous like eras, the PlayStation One was like it was setting off into uncharted territory. Like no one completely knew how 3D games were going to work, so there was lots of like experimentation going on, which I thought was really cool and exciting. And it's probably probably was the last time like an, an era in gaming was genuinely exciting and uncertain. So even now, like if you go into a new console generation now, you generally think, well, the games are going to play very similar, but they'll look nicer. It's not. There's nothing really exciting about entering a new console generation, apart from being at a get a faster load time, maybe. So it's just really exciting to be part of that big experiment and seeing if 3D gaming was going to work or if it's going to absolutely crash and burn and we're going to go back to 2D with our tails between our legs, something. I've also got to say, Christmas is just absolutely ruled for me in this era. It was like they were my favourite Christmases until I had kids, and then that's obviously taken over that now. <laughs> so I would, I'd get my year's worth of gaming like taken care of at Christmas. Like I'd get all, all my games would be bought for me at Christmas. So it'd be really exciting to get a new set of games to obsess over for the next year. So this is like I got like Broken Sword and Discworld at Christmas, and the Discworld game is what got me into Terry Pratchett books. So the following like five or so like five to ten Christmases I'd get Discworld books as well mm. so like that was a whole thing it opened me up to nice there's obviously like Final Fantasy 7 and Metal Gear Solid like completely rewired how I viewed like the games as a storytelling medium and like especially Metal Gear Solid because that was just that man's an, an insane genius he just tried anything so, you know I'm just gonna fuck with people here and see if see if they'll unplug their controller and plug it in a different part it's just absolute insanity that no one else would have thought of but until you get to a period where like let's try something new it's really interesting and exciting it's just really like opened my eyes as a gamer like it wasn't just a way to entertain myself for a few hours after school games start, suddenly start feeling like transportive and transformative experiences like they changed my relationship with gaming for every generation that followed like i had different sets of priorities as a gamer ever since the playstation one I probably would have still been a gamer if games had stuck to the same path as the classic Nintendos and Segas, but I would have been a very different gamer. I think that's what the PlayStation 1 did for me. And like our final question, well, not quite a question, but a fun little challenge for some fun and controversy. <laughs> uh, let's rank all of the PlayStations. <laughs> you don't have to include five if you're a coward, but because it's not finished its run yet, but you know what? Just do it. Do we like? <laughs> I will go with Chip. Well, I have included the PS5, despite actually being a coward. So Me too. deal with that. If you... Okay, good. <laughs> so number five, as in the the worst one, is PlayStation 3. I never owned it. It didn't look that great. So I don't feel like I've really missed out on much there. So that's why it's bottom of my list. Number four is the PS1, which we have been discussing Ooh. very much today. Sorry. <laughs> number three is the PS5, because, yes, it's great i love everything i've played on it so far but it hasn't finished run so you, you can't really judge it just yet and a lot of recency bias as well uh number two is the ps4 uh which makes the number one the ps2 which i still think is the greatest console ever made interesting choice mm-hmm. I don't, sorry for booing you as well but <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not i'm just defending the ps1 on its own episode so uh, Becky. <laughs> so mine is exactly the same order as Chips. Yay! Except oh. I've put two in second place and four in first place. Just because for for me, I think two is an absolutely fantastic console and objectively, yes, the best one of the lot. But for me personally, all of my favourite games, big favourite games came out on the PS4. 
so that will always have a soft spot in my heart but the ps5 is slowly creeping up the ranks the further Ooh. into the run we get so we'll see how that goes nice bash what's your rankings i've included the playstation 5 in spite of not owning one because i have access to one good stuff so but i get to take broad swings <laughs> now i thought what would be fun is if you rank them technologically then obviously the best is five then four, then two, then one, then three. Yeah. Three remains the worst console that PlayStation that Sony made. I love that we're low-key ragging on three in this episode. Just every now and again, just slipping a dig in there. <laughs> there won't be a PlayStation 3 episode. No. Oh, no, I think there should be. Actually, yeah, because it's an interesting fuck-up for one of the most successful... It's an interesting fuck-up, but I tell you what, it crawled its way back at the end of its life cycle. It did. It it was a big comeback, to be fair. It it made a major comeback, but it's on release. Oof. Can we all all hold that for the Gaming Failures episode, please? Yes. Thank you. But yeah, personally speaking, um, we've all said 3 remains the worst one. Um, And kind of the ugliest one, I think. Yeah. As well. If I was ranking... I will be ranking them also aesthetically. (laughs) I... Then think, feel it goes like one and two I find really hard to differentiate between. And I'm going to lump five in there. And what I'm saying basically is I'm barely ranking them because... (laughs) (laughs) This is such a Sasha approach to ranking. Yeah. It is. I'm I'm actually very happy. (laughs) I see you. Well, five, I've not not played. (laughs) Yeah, no, basically not. (laughs) If I was going aesthetically because I find it hard to pick between the three, then five becomes it goes above three because i think five is also ugly i'm sorry ps5 owners it is is. no it is and then probably one then two just because two is black and we know that i like that goth aesthetic (laughs) but yeah i do think that one and two are quite interchangeable for me um mostly because if nothing else i barely remember which ones i played which games on because playstation 2 had the beauty of backwards compatibility right yeah, yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. started. I mean, they brought it back, but certainly when three came out, they were like, "No, you had to buy the very expensive one if you wanted that." It didn't work. <laughs> I did sometimes, but <laughs> I mean, they, they, those ones broke very quickly. They were like the Xbox three hundred and sixty of Playstations. <laughs> I think I got really lucky, you know, because mine lasted me the entire time. Mine never broke, but I do know that they had a reputation for doing so. And then, yeah, four is the best one. If nothing else, I think. Um, it's the one I specifically remember playing the most. Uh, much like Becky, I think I've played most of my more favourite games on that one. I mean, I bought it for Arkham Knight and that was a big fucking letdown. But it was all <laughs> uphill from there. Like, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it started on a low. Like, I bought it and I was like, what have I done? I don't like this game. What is it? <laughs> uh, but no, ever since then, I think it's... And it brought me most of my favourite games since then. And it brought us together. Like, we started mm. playing games together PS yeah. on the PlayStation 4. Uh, so, yeah, I think I've got the most out of the PS4. And again, aesthetically speaking, they it, it, they put, they went back to their PS2 roots with the PS4, didn't they? That more slimline, just simple, dark grey, black rather than that sort of weird round thing that they did with mm. the PS3 that they brought back for the 5 for unclear reasons. <laughs> Just to make storing it very difficult. Yes. Yeah. But uh, no, I think that's the best you get from me ranking-wise. Sorry. I think it was a very good answer, to be fair. Yes. Thank you. 
So for, for my rankings, unpredictably, I'm putting the PlayStation 3 dead last. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> it, like, it does have some of my favourite ever first-party games, like predominantly Naughty Dog games, but like towards the end of the run, they really started to work out what to do with the console. It's just it was a bit too late. It's just any third-party game on the PlayStation 3 was just dog shit compared to the Xbox 360, so I can't really, can't really give that much of a higher spot. Next would be the PlayStation 5, purely just because it's too new to really say, but like Becky says, it's creeping up there. It's, it's given me some of my, like, it's already knocked out a few modern classics already, but it's also competing with the Xbox Series X for my attention, so it's going to take a bit longer for me to get a grab, grab on, like, where it really stands in my mind. The third, third place would be the PlayStation 2, and then it would be the PlayStation 1. And I chose PlayStation 1 over 2, because obviously I think PlayStation 2 is like objectively the most successful console of all time, probably the greatest console of all time, if you like tallied up every like ranking, like all the scores for every game that came out on it, it would have the best games library of any games library. But the PlayStation 1 had more of the games that really like stuck with me as a person like more of the defining moments in my life and like i said earlier i just found it a lot more exciting going into the playstation 1 era and the playstation 2 era just that wild west kind of feel where they were just trying anything that i really it's always stuck with me so like i wish more console generations would just take big swings rather than just saying hey how about buying a virtual reality headset it's like fuck off no <laughs> that's not experimentation you fleecing bastards <laughs> don't know why I went there. I didn't even write anything about virtual reality there. It just came <laughs> to me. So number one would be the PlayStation 4. It's definitely like the PlayStation 1. It ha it's had more of the defining moments of, for me as a gamer. Some of my favourite games of all time have been the PlayStation 4. They just really worked out how to make a fucking console by this point. Where, well, after like veering off a cliff with the PlayStation 3 for a while. It, it was such a massive comeback and it is like just such a good console. I end up playing a lot of PlayStation 4 games on my PlayStation 5 just because the library is that good. It's just, it's always, it's, it's always going to be one of my favourite consoles of all time, I think. So that's us done for the month. Thank you for joining us. Uh, oh, recommendations, yes. Fuck. <laughs> the usual. <laughs> oh, here fine. we go. It's the outro case. I always forget the recommendations. So yeah, for, is so it a my, PS1? I do actually, I did ha actually have something to recommend. It's just I forgot to write it down my recommendation for this month is marvel snap yes right. it's a game i don't care i just want everybody to be playing this game because sometime this year they're going to introduce being at a play against your friends and i just want the opportunity to beat more people with my like stupid and wildly reckless decks it's just like it's such a great game it just takes up way too much of my time and I, I love it, and I just want more people to play it. I don't want... No, I, I know, like, no. Sasha's definitely into it, and Becky's started getting into it. Yep. Chip, have you started playing it yet? No, I'm playing Gwent at the moment. I can't have two card games in my life. Ah, Chip. This is a recommendation for you specifically, then. <laughs> you need it, Chip. Leave me alone, I don't want to. I can't. You need it. No. Yeah. You can get it on Steam. It's fine. <laughs> you can play it while you're working. That's what I do when I can't be asked doing anything at work. That's why I play other games when I'm working. <laughs> I edit the podcast when I'm working. I read when I'm working. I've got too much to do. Yeah, and work. You're just really resisting the recommendation. <laughs> yeah. this time, Chip. I'm not having this. <laughs> 
So thank you for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, uh, please give us a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on One Up Pod on Instagram and Twitter at One UPP Odd. <laughs> Chip doesn't like that, but I like saying it. Fun. <laughs> it's the Crash Bandicoot of saying things. You can follow me on Twitter at Truly Underscore Defective. Uh, Chip, where can they find you? I am at the Chip Thompson on Twitter and Chip Thompson Thumbs on Twitch. Yes, uh, Bash, where can they find you? I'm Bash at Demonhead on things. Please do follow uh, Chip and Bash on Twitch because they're very entertaining. Yes, they are. No. And Becky, where can they find you on Twitch? Oh, no, I'm not on Twitch. Well, I am on Twitch. No! But I'm not streaming yet. I don't have okay. a setup. It's coming, guys. It's happening at some point. You're pressuring Becky into getting a Twitch setup. I know. <laughs> but you can find me at Becky Gracely on Twitter and Instagram until such time as I am fully on Twitch. And the podcast is on Twitch, but yet again, we have not done anything with it. But we will. So it will happen, damn it. We will. I'm just going to keep doing this until I do something with the fucking thing and then I can stop <laughs> talking about it. It's like Chip with playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's just the fucking albatross around my neck. <laughs> I've just gone off on one again. So, yet again, thank you for joining us. You can find us on... No, fucking hell, I've said that already. <laughs> thank you again for joining yes. us. Fuck you, Chip. This is your fault. <laughs> I've, been, Chip, I've you chipped it. it. I fucking chipped it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, join us next time when we are talking all about Naughty Dog's The Last of Us. Unless we forget to record it. Are we? Yeah, yeah. it's The Last February. of Us. Next. Sorry. There we go. At least well, Sasha knows now. Now you do too. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the meantime, don't forget to get a life and play video games. Mm-hmm.